DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. So, the Jazz are suddenly 3-3. You know, it was 3-1. They were up by 15. They'd blown the Nuggets out twice. It looked like this series was done. Done and dusted. What happened? (laughs) Well, Jamal Murray uh, decided to show up, and in a big way. Uh, You know, I I think you watch a new series, and, and obviously it's a very even series. And statistically, I mean, even yesterday's games, I mean, both teams are shooting really, really well. Um, and, and Donovan Mitchell and uh, has obviously been really special, as has Jamal Murray. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But, <clears throat> you know, it, it, this is a game of momentum, man. And uh, these are all pros. And even though we may not know them, and uh, different people step up at different times. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, for you look at the Nuggets, there's been times Millsap, kind of a journeyman, long, been in the league a long time, all of a sudden he'll come up with a big basket. Porter, who has been really, really quiet at times during, you know, all of a sudden Morris comes in and knocks a basket down. It, it's been different people for both teams, but, but at the end of the day, I think the story is about Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell and, and uh, what kind of adjustments are going to be made and, what, what are they going to do to, to make this different than it's been the last three games? Because certainly the Jazz uh, have been in a position to win this thing and close it out. Um, but they're going to need contributions as well. Uh, you know, Gobert has to be, you know, he's got to be a 15 to 20 guy. Ingles has got to be a 10 to 12 guy. Clarkson can't be a one for six, three point. I mean, and Clarkson's done so many good things for this team, but he has to shoot the ball better. Um, so, Everybody's going to be ready. They're going to get the best effort and the best preparation and the best execution they can give us at the end of a, end of a series. But uh, I think the, the biggest question will be, what will the adjustments be in terms of guarding Jamal Murray? Um, having Gary Harris helps, having him back. Uh, <clears throat> but he, he's going to be a defender in this deal and makes occasional baskets. But a lot of it's just going to come down to the game plan for Jamal Murray. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, watching him go off. I hate to bring up a painful memory. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're going to Denver, people. I see it. Oh, jeez. March 18, 2004. Oh. <laughs> we were, I was there. I don't know if you were there, DJ. I was in the Pepsi Center. Steve Cleveland was in the Pepsi Center. But it, and, and Jerry McNamara goes off for 43. But yet, yet. You know, uh, I don't want to. It's probably more painful. A certain uh, guy who shouldn't have been shooting a three shot a three late in the game. I think it was an air ball. So the point I'm making is that, you know, McNamara went off, but you were right there to win the game. And it was literally a possession right there. So his 43 could have been like Mitchell's 43, whatever. You know, nobody cares what you're scoring in a losing effort. The winning team doesn't. So even though McNamara went off out of nowhere for 43, you had that game and it got away from you right at the end. Whereas the Jazz, 
I can't say that they've had these games. They didn't. They didn't really have game six uh, down the stretch. It felt like it was Denver's game comfortably. So, what can be done to change the strategy? Because allowing somebody to go off is okay if you're losing. I mean, if the other team is losing, but the Nuggets are winning. So, what kind of adjustments can they make? You know, I appreciate you bringing that game up too this morning. You make my day. Make me feel I know, Steve. Uh, Steve, I just want to be clear. You and I, you don't have a thing going on, Steve. I, I would have never done that. We got I will a tell you something that you you may not know about that. So you know, it's interesting, and it will apply to what we're going to talk about. <clears throat> so we obviously executed against their zone, and I remember Jim Beheim came up to me afterwards, and he says, <clears throat> "In all my years of NC two A tournament experience." I've never gotten that. No, no team has ever taken me out of the zone. He said, uh, you guys shot it. I mean, we, we were having, you know, dunks from the backside from the guards, and Rafael Ruggio was having a huge night, and we, we were playing well. And we're up 12, 13, 14 in that game, and, they, and they, get out of the, they get out of the zone for the first time in his history as a coach in the NC2A and just lock us up defensively, which – forced us into a few bad shots, and, and, I, and it just took our tempo away because we were running every offensive zone set we could do. We were getting backside dunks and against the zone, and they didn't have an answer. And obviously, you know, the guard was knocking shots down from all over the place, but I'm, I'm still convinced today if he hadn't made that adjustment, it didn't matter if McNamara had 40 or 50, they weren't going to beat us because we were scoring at a clip that we, we, the zone attack was perfect, and uh, he had to get out. You know, he made an adjustment, which really, McNamara gets a lot of credit, but the credit for the winning that game was the coaching staff because when they went to man, they were physically and stronger than us in a lot of positions and just kind of overwhelmed us. And you know, we had had a pretty sizable lead in that game. So I think the same thing applies. We can apply this to the, to the Jazz and to the Nuggets. I think that we're in a situation right now where the Jazz are going to have to make some adjustments. And it doesn't have to be wholesale adjustments, but you've got to do something to get the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. And I, you know, I, I watched the game, I listened to the commentary and, and you know, all the different things that were said. But at the end of the day, uh, he, he can't go for 50. I mean, Jokic is going to get 20 to 30 no matter what. Uh, I, I don't know that Jeremy Grant is going to have 18 points again in a game. Uh, but certainly getting Gary Harris back does make them better defensively. I don't know if he'll score, but his, his presence defensively and having another guard on the floor really does help the Nuggets. Not that he, you know, he scored four points, but his presence was, was kind of known there and felt they needed him. But I think the key thing is just like Jim Beheim did against Steve Cleveland in, in 2004 at the Pepsi Center, I think adjust, some adjustments are going to have to be made. And they don't have to be wholesale adjustments. They could be defensive adjustments when you're coming out of timeouts, dead balls, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, they could be, hey, we're going to start the game playing it straight up uh, and start the second quarter, and all of a sudden you run somebody at them. I mean, the thing about Jamal Murray is he's so good in transition that, and he just pushes the envelope constantly that it's hard to just, have a set plan, hey, we're going to double them every time. Well, that's, that's easier said than done. But I think there has to be a plan. Uh, I don't think the Jazz want to go to this game, have him go for 45 or 50 again, and look back and go, whoa, 
we we didn't really make an adjustment. And I'm hey, listen. These are really really smart coaches. Uh, they'll they'll have a plan and they'll figure it out. Uh, but they're also the Jazz are also going to need to offensively. The numbers are fine. I mean, they're shooting forty five percent like yesterday, fifty percent. Eighteen. You you figure if you go eighteen for thirty six from the three, that you're going to win a game like that. Unfortunately, the Nuggets were eighteen for thirty six as well. Yeah. And both teams are sharing the ball. So uh, I think more than anything, I think the offense will take care of itself. Uh, but they're going to have to make some adjustments. And, and for the record, the NCAA always screwed you on seed. You should have got a way better seed. You shouldn't have yeah, had to play true. the teams that you played, but they didn't give you a good seed. Your teams are better than the seed that you had. So we'll, we'll yeah, just put thank that you. in there, too. You know, it, it, was, <laughs> it was ironic that, that – uh, Every team we played had been a national champion either the year yeah. before. Or UConn, <laughs> I mean, yeah, UConn, Syracuse. UConn <laughs> Syracuse, Cincinnati. They didn't, they didn't like BYU. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, the, and then the one year they seeded us to play a Thursday, I think it was a, a Friday-Sunday game. Right. Oh, I remember. That yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was, you know what, looking back on that, that, that game in the Pepsi Center, though, I mean, it was painful and hurtful, and it took a while to get over that, but that is a fun game to watch on film. Michael, Mike Hall had a couple of huge dunks on the backside. There's a 6'3 guard dunking over Hakeem Warwick in the back of his own. So, uh, but those things don't necessarily win games, but thanks for bringing it up again. <laughs> he only brought up the seating because he felt bad about bringing the other one up. He's just even. No, I believe that was like it. a makeup call. It was, it was a, makeup a makeup call. call. You're right. You're right. It was, <laughs> but I also believed both those two years. I think it was up in Washington and over in Denver. You got crappy seeds. Your seeding was not. It was way lower than the caliber of the season that you had. But it's neither here nor there now. But that's what I felt I at the time. Okay, so there are a lot of uh, high school coaches, wannabe college and uh, pro coaches who are thinking, okay, Murray's going off, double him. But the problem with that is I feel like the ball's going to end up in the joker's hands and it's four on three, and that would be a huge problem. Uh, is that how I, it would I, play out? Well, you know, here's the thing. So I don't, I don't think that you can just straight up run a guy at him in half court. When, when First of all, they're already you, – you can bet Denver's prepared for this. Jokic is, you know, one of the very smartest guys on the floor, you know, at both ends of the floor, really, really high IQ. They, they would, you know. I mean, then you're, you're hoping guys miss. And, uh, and, and he can just do so much damage himself. So I don't, I don't think that what uh, – number one, I think they're going to have a couple of different – components to this plan I, I think there are going to be dead ball situations where they can come at them especially when you've got less than 10 seconds in the shot clock or eight seconds in the shot clock and i and i will tell you this that i remember coaching and, and being in situations like that but sometimes you play it straight and then all of a sudden you know you get in a situation because there's so much transition in this game and, and jamal murray scores a lot in transition even if it's not necessarily a fast break but it's a long rebound or whatever it might be. He probes and he, he gets, tries to get places. And, you know, you're, you're not doubling him in those situations. You just got to try to stay in front of him and contest the shot. But that being said, there are things that you can do later in the shot. There's so many times the ball's out of bounds late in the shot clock that uh, you, you, can, you can throw a double at him or a cover down or, or whatever you want to do, uh, but run somebody at him. 
I just don't think you're going to do anything consistently because then it's real easy to make an adjustment. And you're right, Jokic will eat them alive. His ability to pass the ball or to come down and isolate in the post, uh, it's not going to work. They're going to have to have two or three things that they're going to spend time today working on that are based upon where the ball enters Jokic's hands, where the ball is in Murray's hand bringing up the court. And they've got to watch the film, but they're just going to have to commit to something the first half. And, you know, and, and I think sometimes you don't do anything early on. Uh, you just play it out, see how things evolve and what happens. Because if you show all your cards right from the beginning and you don't have anything left at the end when it's time to win a game, I mean, I, I just think you have two or three things you're going to do and some of the things you're not going to do them in the first half, some things you might, and you make those kinds of adjustments. Because I watch, I listen to the guys talk, the coaching staff and the players, you know, and they, it, it, it was interesting that they all alluded to a certain degree about doubling. And yet I, I didn't see a whole lot of Did you see much doubling in that game with Murray? They said, you know, we, we, we tried to double him a couple of times, but in transition, well, regardless of what happened yesterday, they, they've got to have, they, they got to have a plan. And this is a really, really bright group of coaches. They'll have a plan, whether it's coming out of dead balls, maybe it's in the second quarter, maybe it's starting the second half, but you're doing things at different places on the floor. And you know, you don't want to have a hundred things that confuse the guys, but you can, these guys are all really, really smart, good players, great coaches. They can develop a scheme to get the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands at, at opportune times, at opportune times, significant times in the game. A lot of times with the game and the flow, you know, just playing, it's difficult. You, you, they may have a rule that, you know, let's, who would you want to play off of? Okay, so Jeremy Grant yesterday goes for 18. Now, he, you know, he's not an 18-a-night guy. So there are some guys you, you can play off. I mean, right now, Porter has disappeared. You know, and, and maybe it's off of Porter or Gary Harris, who's in the game. Uh, you know, they play off of him. So they'll play off certain players and take a chance there. But I could just, you know, it's just maybe it's six, seven, eight possessions in a game could be the difference between winning and losing. So that's, that's what I see happening. Uh, again, it's not just going to be, hey, we're going to come double them every time. Because once they start seeing it a couple times, you're exactly right. They will joke that you'll just tear it apart and there'll be layups. So it's got to come out of dead balls, timeouts, uh, situations where uh, you know you have a chance to talk to your guys, and then there'll be some things throughout the game after free throws. Again, dead ball situations where uh, they do something just because he's so good in transition. He gets in the seams, and once he gets there, he's either going to score or you know somebody on his, te- his teammate will score because they, they have to help. So. Um, I, I, both both Donovan Mitchell uh, and Jamal Murray are playing at such a high level. I don't think we're just going to assume and hope that they're going to come in and not make shots. Uh, they're competitors. They're great players. Uh, and, and I promise you that the Nuggets have the same concerns. I think if I'm the Nuggets and I'm looking at Mitchell, and you know, Clarkson kind of had an off night. <clears throat> He's one for six from the three-point line. That, that hasn't happened very often. Ingles, one for four from the three-point Nobody's expecting Joe to make a bunch of points, but when when Joe can score ten or twelve points and Clarkson has his normal seventeen or eighteen, uh, Conley and Mitchell have been really consistent. Gobert eleven, you know I think they could be. Uh, Jazz were just better offensively themselves. They win the game. They had a, they had a lead. 
They played well at times, and we wouldn't be talking about Jamal Murray, but you, you're talking about Clarkson, Ingles, and Gobert, who uh, really could have done more and, and had open looks, and they just didn't go down. Steve, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes. And remember, I, I wasn't going to bring up the Pepsi Center. <laughs> have a great day, guys. It's all right, man. I was there for the good moments in the <laughs> Thomas and Mac when they won the conference for the first time. Yeah. And they beat Utah. Those are yeah. great memories, too. Big time. Yeah. Love it. Were you at the uh, time they were down 20 to the Utes and came back and won at the Marriott Center? Yes. Yeah, see, that was big time. All right, we're joined now by Gabe Gomez, and he is with Syringa Networks. Gabe, uh, everybody's world changed in mid-March, but for Syringa Networks as a company, man, that had to be a big pivot point. There, there had to be a, your phone had to be ringing, and there were a lot of people who needed to figure out how are we going to run this business with everyone dispersed at home. Yeah, that was pretty pretty remarkable for sure. Um, we did have a number of our, our, our existing clients calling looking for uh, some really fast turnarounds on bandwidth upgrades and asking lots of questions surrounding IT security and things of that nature. So we were, uh, we were, and uh, actually we continue to be extremely busy doing those sorts of activities right now with our existing clients and our and then new customers that we're signing on. And so now it's kind of uh, evolving into the new normal that people who probably held off thinking, all right, now we're going to have to invest. We're going to have to make some changes because we are going to be doing this into 2021. It's the new normal. Uh, what kind of options can you provide people? We provide a whole host of different options from, you know, whether you're a small business or a global type enterprise, we have uh, services and options uh, for internet access for um, voice solutions for your telephone type uh, systems. We provide IT consulting, uh, hardware, and uh, just uh, consulting in, on ways to help your employees continue to be able to collaborate and stay as productive as possible from an IT perspective, and then also a suite of security, uh, IT security products as well. So really something for, for everyone in the business space. So if you're sending home uh, a lot of employees, you know, some of them are pretty tech savvy and, and some of them just don't know a thing at all. What's the tech support like? It's it's phenomenal. That's one of the, the great things about the Syringa Networks is that we've invested heavily in having local tech support. So we have uh, technicians and engineers here locally, uh, 7 by 24, 365, really regardless of, of when you need support. We've got people on staff around the clock, uh, just dedicated to supporting our clients. Where can they find you online? Online, they can find us at the www.syringanetworks.net, or they can call us locally as well at 801-462-0070. Syringa Networks, helping you help your employees work from home. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it, Gabe. Thank you, guys. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Jaden Anderson, Deseret Digital Media. How are you, Jaden? Wonderful. How are you guys doing today? Good. What is new at Deseret Digital Media? Oh, Aside man. from you got to play golf today here at the Salt Lake well, Chamber Tournament. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's wonderful to be outside. I love it. Yeah. Now, Deseret Digital Media is, is rocking. We're, we're having a wonderful experience and uh, covering the news and building classifieds building our marketplaces and uh building all of our all of our new products and um it's it's a new world it's been flipped upside down and inside out and 
we're learning how to adapt and how to adjust and it's been a it's been a good year for us so for uh for which which properties are under deseret digital media because i don't know if you're aware but it turns out there's several websites associated with the family (laughs) of uh properties there are there are so under under the flagship of deseret digital media we have ksl.com uh we also have utah.com and then within that we have ksl cars and our ksl uh our KSL Classifieds, we actually uh, developed a new product called Memories, which is an obituary product to have uh, those that have lost loved ones, they're able to post their obituaries and um, the, the, the memories of their, their lost ones, uh, videos and photos, and it's a, it's a wonderful experience. We have a, a new Homes product that we've been launching in uh, KSL Homes, so we've got a lot of, a lot of brands that, that fly under that, under that brand. Under KSL, Deseret Digital Media. I know somebody who's a really good writer who writes for KSL.com. <laughs> Me. <laughs> well, you are good. Thank you. You. you are very good. Thank you. Very good. What, what percentage? I, 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 wait, I didn't hear what he said. What did you say? Well, I think we heard. <laughs> I think we heard. Uh, what percentage of the visitors to your sites are from Utah, and what percentage are from either around the United States or around the world? It's a great question. Now, that's it's a it's an interesting question because it's it's, it's based of off of your device ID, uh, based off the device IDs that we get. About seventy five percent of them come from inside the state of Utah, and about twenty five percent come outside the state of Utah. Um, California, Texas, Arizona, Colorado, kind of the Intermountain West is mm-hmm. is really our, our in our wheelhouse. But we do get visitors from New York and Florida and all over the country. England, Australia. Yep. <laughs> right. Absolutely. People wherever Absolutely. life takes them and they want to stay connected. Absolutely. And it makes sense. You know, it ties it right back to the jazz, right? How much – I was that was my next question. <laughs> How much do you see a change in your numbers and in your traffic based on either the jazz winning or BYU football winning? Well, BYU definitely has a big play in in, in our audience profiles. Um, Jazz, as the Jazz perform well in the postseason, our numbers climb and climb and climb. Um, But but during the season, it's pretty consistent. Yeah, that's the essence. We've been trying to tell people. They try to label us BYU, Utah, whatever. Jazz lovers, jazz haters. But the reality is, we want them all to win, as you just said. Absolutely. When they <laughs> right. win, it's all, they, it's all matters. When they win, <laughs> give us the W. We do better. Give us the W. And, yeah. and even even for that matter, Weber State, Utah, yeah. Utah State, right? Exactly. Local, local teams. If if we do well, we win. It's good for business. Yeah. Uh, you know, Weber State football was really pretty much off our radar for a long time, and they got Ron McBride, and he's such a big personality, yeah. and, and he built a good team, and they went to the playoffs and all that. Uh, and then he left, and it was kind of off the radar. But what Jay Hill's been able to do, one year, two year, three, you know, and, and it hits that time where there's so much football on TV and they're playing playoff games. It's like people don't realize, like, mm-hmm. we'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we'll absolutely take it. And, and Coach Hill, he's, he, he's got to be one of the best for those kids and, and helping them, mentor them and grow them. And it's, it's one of the greatest things for Ogden, I think. Yep. Well, Jaden, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for stopping by and go out there and right. uh, crush it here at the Salt Lake uh, Chamber Golf Tournament. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. DJ and PK broadcasting live from Jeremy Ranch this morning right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Nuggets beat the Jazz 119-107. 50 points for Jamal Murray, 44 for Donovan Mitchell. Now we got a game seven. Series tied 3-3. They will play the decisive seventh game tomorrow night at 6.30 on ABC. The winner will face the Clippers, who now get a chance to rest because they beat the Mavericks 111-97. They win the series 4-2. Over in the East, the Celtics beat the Raptors 112-94 in game one of their second round series. Today, 4.30, Heat and Bucks. Game one, round two. And then at 7 o'clock, Rockets and Thunder. Rockets up 3-2, to two, trying to finish that series off. Both those games are on TNT. This back-to-basketball update is presented by Zions Bank on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. It's been a long four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jokic wide open, three-pointer, he knocked it home. Big bucket there. That puts the Nuggets back up by nine. Jokic gets it to Murray for three. 50! Give him 50 in game number six. Nuggets lead it by 10. DJ and PK, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is time to get you up to speed on everything we have been talking about. And obviously, we have been talking about Jamal Murray just lighting the jazz up. Another 50-point game. In between his 50-point games, he just went for 42. Uh, he has been unbelievable. And so now the Jazz have to play a game seven. And I just wonder how much of it is X's and O's and how much of it is confidence and in people's heads because early in this series, I mean, the, the Jazz looked lost. They looked really frustrated. The guys, you know, Gobert kicking the chair and Mitchell telling us afterwards he was pissed. But game two and three, it was the Nuggets who were ready to kick chairs and be pissed. And so is it the X's and O's and how you play leads to this to the attitude or is the the attitude the lack of confidence or whatever what leads to the bad basketball it's chicken and the egg time dr kinahan yeah i think it's just about everything in a big pile of uh crock pot stew and pick out whatever you want because now we're dead even and obviously we're dead even so you can play momentum you can play this you can play xos what have you but all that matters is what happens on tuesday night going forward here and so what did happen, if it continues the most recent, well, then the Jazz are in trouble. But who's to say it doesn't go back to not the most recent, a little uh, in more in the distance when the Jazz had it rolling because both teams have had it rolling. And Does it go back to game but, one and four yeah. where it came down to literally a play? This a play. I mean, you got 100 possessions, 90 possessions each, whatever, and it comes down to one or two possessions. Well, I would like that if it for the Jazz uh, situation there. I think in an individual play, I like their opportunities to win that particular ball game uh, because I've just seen them execute very well uh, defensively and offens- offensively. Now, you've got to do a whole bunch of before you even can get to that situation. You have to play well to put yourself in that position. So the more I think about it, yeah, Denver has the momentum now 
for sure, obviously. But the Jazz had it, and who's to say they can't get it back? It's not like it's gone. It's gone forever. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. Obviously, they've got to buckle down more defensively on the perimeter, not let Murray go off, and then they need some other guys. Joe, man, I need you. I need you now, Joe. You, you just you got to give you, you got to give us more. One for four isn't going to get it done. No, they're going to need a bunch of guys getting twelve to fifteen to eighteen points. Yeah, how did they the the, the one game uh, when Conley was out? Isn't that where they got? Was it game two where the, they won big? Donovan didn't go crazy that game, did he? Uh, no, I don't think. But let me. I'll, or game I'll check. three when when he when Conley came back. Didn't they have much more uh, production? Game from, three was a blowout. But they had more production from from just well, one or two Donovan guys. Well, because Donovan didn't go up. Donovan had 20 in that game. That's the game he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. But didn't Joe? Joe was giving you more. Earlier in the series, Joe was giving you more. You can't go giving you about the best to down to the worst. There's got to be some in between there. And, go, and as Steve Cleveland said... Gobert's got to give you more, too. Uh, in the Game 4 blowout, Ingles took two shots. Right, but I'm not <laughs> so talking dumb. about that. But one. it was 27 about... from Conley, 24 from Gobert, 20 from Mitchell. Niang had 16. He was 4 for 6 from 3. Clarkson wasn't very good that night. He was 1 for 6 from 3, and he had 11 points. So, But they didn't need it. They, I mean, 124-87, there was a bunch of garbage time in that game. So. Okay, and then in Game 2, they had some balance also. I will get game two for you in just a second. But, and that was another game that they won pretty easily. Uh, Mitchell went for 30 in that game. Right, right. And That's led the I Jazz. And 30 it was, seems pedestrian now. That game was lopsided, but not as humiliating and embarrassing. It was 124-105. Um, and the Jazz had to play through the, through the fourth quarter. They were comfortably ahead, but they just couldn't sit everybody with well, 12 Sort of like Denver was last night. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's a pretty good comparison, I would think. They kind of the game two to game six, you know, they they flipped it. This has been one of the most intriguing, head-scratching, celebratory series that we've seen. And so this, the, it's not necessarily anxiety, it's more anticipation. With no no Conley in game two, it was Ingles for 18, Gobert for 19, Clarkson for 26, and Donovan for 30. So there it is, man. It's there. Four guys having strong strong scoring performances. Yeah, and And, and they just have two. And they held Denver to 105. You know, it's only a couple possessions a quarter, but just 105 in the bubble is not a winning number very often. They're a handful of games, but not very often. 107 for the Jazz was not a winning number last night. You get to 119, you get to 124, you, you got to score in these games. That's what it's looked like it's been requiring, yeah, because the familiarity of the scenery and the setting and everything and the environment, these guys are flourishing offensively. And so now you got to find ways. And that it, it, the great thing about it is a lot of times I think it comes down to the players – but I think coaching is going to matter in this one, too. Maybe more so to put these guys in the position because Joe is not in the position to succeed offensively. And he's not, he's not contributing as much. Well, now it's up to these guys to figure out ways to get him more involved because obviously the ability is there. It's not like it's not there. 
I mean, he's, I've read some stuff where he's getting cracked on. Okay, fine. He's not producing as much, so you deserve to be cracked on. But it's not like the ability isn't there. It's not like he's a bad NBA player. That's not it at all. There's a lot of good NBA players in this series. The question is, who's going to come through with big games in Game 7? There are plenty of guys who had big games at one time or another in this series, and now it's all coming down I to I want Tuesday the pressure more on Denver's role players. Murray is taking the pressure off the role players because he's going for 50, so I don't really need you. I want pressure on those guys. And right now, there's no pressure on Porter and Morris and, and name me a couple other guys, who Millsap, whomever. Yeah, uh, uh, Jeremy Grant. Grant came Grant up hit big. shots. Yeah. Put some more pressure on these guys. Like when in the other night when Royce got the ball at the end, he didn't know what to do with it. Should I shoot? Should I end right. up traveling? Because there was a ton of pressure. Denver role guys haven't been in that position the last three games a lot. I want that more in game seven because I'm not sure they can come through. The other big story we talked about briefly, Deloitte Hansen selling RSL from – Wednesday night at 5 o'clock when we had no idea and thought the game was going to be played until Sunday morning at dual press releases 10 minutes apart. That was an incredibly quick turnaround. Yeah, We don't see things move that quickly. And not just one thing, but like three or four things happening. The game, the radio interview, the second radio interview, the story in the athletic, and now the team's for sale. It's, It's a blur. Uh, he's he's so, invested a lot of money. There's a lot of real estate in the deal. So that makes it unlikely to move. Uh, all the top ten markets have teams in the next ten. Well, I see no reason for them to move. Phoenix, Cleveland. Yeah, unless, and talking to a Sonics fan yesterday who said, yeah, but if somebody from a place wants a team and they got silly money, none of that's an object. You know, Seattle to Oklahoma City is nothing you would have predicted in 96 when Seattle was in the NBA Finals. Shocking. And yet it happened. Yeah, but that's right? the NBA too. It is. It it's is a the higher NBA. profile. And, and they didn't own the you know, they didn't own Key Arena, so it was a different deal. But there are people with silly money out there and so you can buy a team. I, and I understand. You want. I, anytime it's for sale, I understand. Yeah. But to me all directions point to them to say to, to Ryan, stay here. Ryan Smith at Qualtrics uh, was on social media, they have my number. Well, yeah. Well, if you combine myself and Ryan, there's a lot of money there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which might be what happening with Ryan and Josie Altador, if you believe everything that Josie puts okay. out on social media. Okay, you combine Ryan and the dead man. There's a lot of money there. <laughs> Ryan and a third grader at a random elementary school. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're combining with him, you're good to go. Uh, but there's so much to to be had so so many advantages. There's a season ticket base. It's There's a sponsorship base. base. Yeah, I mean, and the great facilities yeah. and blah, sun, uh, summer nights at any of our facilities, whether it be the baseball ballpark or you the can't soccer, beat it. wherever. Yeah, it, I mean, it is yeah, September I mean, in college football. Yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, this is exactly what it is. Only earlier in the year. Yeah, and so it's it, it, even if you don't even like soccer. Just to go and hang out, which the I've at, done. The atmosphere. Uh, the just, atmosphere just is great. Yeah, yeah. The pace of the game. It's two yeah. hours. It's not a three-hour and 45-minute college no, football it, game. It's not an all-day affair, yeah. yeah. But the way things have been going, I would expect, you know, by Wednesday lunchtime to have a new <laughs> owner. <man. laughs> I just don't know how they can get. Deloitte, you get into any of these businesses, it happens with the Jazz and the Miller family businesses. When businesses start doing business with each other, 
you know, what is stuff really worth? You know, it's the, the, the sponsorship on the front of the Royals jersey is a Deloitte company. Well, if someone else buys it, whether it was the Jazz or uh, Ryan from Qualtrics or whoever else, you know, well, what is the front of the jersey really worth? The TV production company, literally the truck the games are produced out of, uh, Deloitte owns part of that company. So if you have to pay for it on the open market, what is it really worth? I mean, there's, there's all these questions and uh you know, I guess you can just throw money at it and, and have it done by Wednesday if you want, but I also see where it could take a little time. Deloitte so I, did yeah. say that he wanted it done so they could prepare for the next season because there's a transfer window, and, and basically it's global soccer free agency mm-hmm. that happens, and, and the date changes every year, and certainly this year it could be different, but it's usually kind of a Christmas, New Year's kind of window in well, late December to January. And it seems to me uh, that it's going to be a, a winning financial investment. It seems like there's upside there. Yeah. There's certainly going to be upside for Deloitte when he sells. You know, the arrow's been up for 15 right. years. So, All right, DJ and PK, we're joined now by Lloyd Allen, Managing Director and Principal Broker, CBRE. He's a member of the Chamber Board and a major sponsor. And the uh, Chamber's having its golf tournament here at uh, Jeremy Ranch. It's warming up. The sun is out. You ready for some golf now? I am ready for some golf. DJ, PK, nice to be with you for a couple of minutes this morning. Nice to be at Jeremy Ranch. Yeah, for sure. And very nice to be be here with the Chamber. Yeah. So what is the biggest challenge for the Chamber right now? Is it is it COVID and everyone having to kind of rework the way they do business? Uh, COVID is certainly driving that. And for my business, which is commercial real estate, it's trying to figure out what the future is going to be, how you deal with client needs, how you deal with interactions. In fact, this morning is a great opportunity. We don't get a chance to to meet in person the way we usually do. But we're sitting up here at Jeremy Ranch with the sun shining, with good fresh air blowing. So I think the, the challenge is getting together like this, maintaining the relationships that you have with people, and continuing to be able to drive good business. So you get into a little human psychology. Uh, we've all done more Zoom meetings than we want, although we acknowledge they're really convenient. We're getting a lot, a lot of time back, not having to drive back and forth to places. So that's the upside. But it's also a little more formal and a little more sterile. And are people building relationships the same way? Well, you've been on Zoom meetings. They end and nobody knows why, but you raise your hand and wave (laughs) and then hit leave meeting. (laughs) Instead of taking a minute and walking out the door and riding down the elevator and even walking through the parking lot to talk about uh, either business issues or social issues or the things that you usually get a, a chance to talk about. It's a little personal bonding, maybe. That's right. Yeah. It, it's interesting, uh, uh, you know, doing TV and radio, the sales staffs are all dispersed. And in the short run, I think most people think it's re- working really well. But in the long run, when you have staff turnover and people don't know anymore, you know, what would this mean in three years? I don't, you know, the people who are doing it now, if you keep them together, great. But, you know, life changes. For the people who have been doing it, it's been a, a very workable summer. But you're right. You lose the opportunity to collaborate, to, to create the personal interactions. It'll be interesting to see what happens as we we deal with going back to school as we get ready to deal with business for 2021 even q3 and q4 so when i drive downtown it looks to me like there's a lot of construction going on i know some of those are apartment buildings but some of those are commercial properties 
And I have a guy who, because I went into his deli all the time, started telling me stuff that was going on. Apparently, there's another big building planned for uh, Main Street right near 200 South. It looks like something big is going up on 600 South when I drive by there. Do we really need more commercial real estate downtown? Because it's well, kind of empty. It, 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 two, two phenomenal two. buildings. One of them yeah. called 95 South State and one 650 South Main. Uh, beautiful high-rise properties. What we need, and in fact, in commercial real estate, you're seeing a move to quality. People want buildings with the, with the better HVAC, uh, air conditioning, air filtration. Those buildings and some of the other premier buildings that sit on Main Street, like One Utah Center, Two 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 South Main, those buildings will probably be the 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 more valuable, the better properties, because they'll have a lot of the a lot of the functions, a lot of the characteristics that you're looking for in the future. Hmm. Interesting. Well, thanks for coming up here and uh, chatting with us for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Good nice, luck with the golf today. Nice to be here. Nice to enjoy the, the Chamber event. Uh, we're glad we're here. Lloyd Allen, Managing Director and the Principal Broker, CBRE. is a main member of the Chamber Board. We're here for the Chamber Golf Tournament this morning. Thanks for joining us, Lloyd. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Longtime NBA writer and reporter Keith Smith. What are your thoughts on Chris Paul, Michelle Roberts, Adam Silver, the way they've handled not only this particular situation this week, but really this whole pandemic? It seems like they've been in lockstep. I think for the most part they have. I think we had a little bit of out of whack over the last couple of days, but they rallied fairly quickly and handled some adverse situations. But really from the beginning, they have been working together. And a lot of that credit goes to Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver. I think they really did a pretty good job coming together to try to make things happen in the best way they can under the current circumstances. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Feedback of the day brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City. We're going to pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or Audi Salt Lake City. AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Well, PK, there's a lot of craziness on social media, a lot of craziness on Twitter. But how about this take from Spencer Whitmore? Honestly, taking my jazz bias out of my emotional state, this has been an amazing series. A lot of respect to the Nuggets. Yeah, that's all well and good, but got to win game seven. Jeff said, well, game six was the obvious conclusion after the Jazz failed to close game five. I think this game's a true 50-50 coin flip. Hopefully the Nuggets are favored by Vegas because I think the Vegas Vegas favorite is one and five in this series. I believe the Jazz aren't done yet. Well, they're not done yet. They got game seven. (laughs) Uh, Tyson, we are such a streaky team. (laughs) So far, yeah. All right, DJ PK, let's check in with uh, Gabe Gomez. Gabe joins us from uh, Syringa Networks, and Syringa Networks hoping, helping businesses as people transition to working from home. And uh, it must be a new challenge uh, every day for you guys, Gabe, as different businesses call in with different issues. Yeah, that, that's true. We've seen all sorts of different uh, scenarios and uh, Things of that nature, were, um, and so, but we're, we've got the uh, technical support staff and consultants here to to tackle most any uh, any IT or telecom related issue for our, our customers in the Utah area. 
So you mentioned the technical support, real people. You don't have to press zero, press one, press one, press two. That's right, real people uh, answering the phone uh, when you call in. Uh, we're fully staffed with uh, locally here in Utah with technical uh, uh, technicians, with um, with engineers, with uh, sales professionals, really the full complement of the people that, that help businesses uh, uh, deal with whatever IT or telecom challenges that they may be facing uh, with this new norm that we're looking at. So for people who uh, who want to get a hold of you, the different services you provide, how they might get a hold of you and get some help, what can you do for them? Well, I mean, the uh, the best way to get a hold of us is to call us here locally at 801-462-0070 or hit our website at uh, syringanetworks.net where we have all sorts of uh, re- technical resources, videos, and things of that nature available for our clients to be able to look at and uh, get some ideas as to what they may want to do, and then they could always uh, chat with us directly there or they could call us and uh, we can I work with them either way. All right. You you and your business can do a consultation with Syringa Networks right now. Check them out online. Gabe, give the folks the number and the website one more time. Yeah, the num- local number here is 801-462-0070, or you can uh, hit us on the web at www.syringanetworks.net. Gabe, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. DJ and PK, it's been a good day up here at Jeremy Ranch. Thanks to the people from the Salt Lake Chamber for having us up here, their golf tournament today. And uh, I can verify the weather for today is a little cooler. I know, I know it's been hot, but it's a little cooler now. All right, Scotty and Hans are coming up next. We'll talk to you.